you for listening to the only podcast dedicated to the business of pharmacy. Welcome to the Pharmacy Podcast Show. You can find all of our episodes at pharmacypodcast.com. Hey, this is Todd Yuri, the host of the Pharmacy Podcast, bringing you another episode of the RX Chat. That is hashtag RX Chat, which is the Twitter chat that we do for the profession of pharmacy. We're so excited about it. Um, RX Wiki is our co-host. Uh, they do an incredible job helping us to get the word out. And we have Mr. Eric Ho here today, uh, guest hosting with us. And let's begin the RX Chat. Just wanted to give a shout out to hashtag WePH um, in their initiative to bring more attention to the professional profession of pharmacy and, and in our place. And today we have a um, a myriad of different questions. Uh, we have our our statement and our uh, focus today, which is making the impact, which is uh, a collection of pharmacy success stories. And uh, the first one we'd like to hear from is Mr. Eric Ho. Uh, give some testimony. Uh, in how you've made an impact, Eric, and uh, some of your own success story. Well, sure. Uh, before I move too quickly, uh, I do want to point out again that we have gone international. Uh, thank WePH for showing us. Uh, I don't know if anyone's caught red at the beginning. We also have a pharmacist from Nigeria with us. Uh, so it looks like, and I, I want to be the first one to break this, but it looks like RX Chat has gone international on three different continents. <laughs> that's today. right. That's right. So that's really exciting. But I don't know if that counts as a success story right away. I think we can chalk that up for the history books. But uh, in my uh, experience, i got to tell you that pharmacists really are making an impact in places that you wouldn't even really expect. Um, I think some of the earliest tweets that we've seen today even you know, a lot of laymen and consumers and patients aren't aware of how many places pharmacists can be found, uh, how much input they're giving into their care, and more importantly, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, these pharmacists, quite frankly, don't have a lot of visibility. What they're doing is only being seen by small groups of practitioners. Uh, you, you know, obviously, I've had a past in uh, specialty pharmacy, in the home care and home infusion uh, area, arena, and obviously, a lot of that's handled remotely. Uh, but these are a lot of patients that are in highly critical state. They're not quite well enough to be home by themselves. They're not quite sick enough to be in the hospital. And a lot of times, uh, it's the pharmacist that's really the lead uh, professional of coordinating care, watching the medication therapy, watching chronic disease management. And I think that's just one place that I can highlight where pharmacists are really making a huge difference in patient lives and not really being seen for it sometimes. I completely agree. Um, and it's just... Uh easy for uh, a healthcare industry to sometimes overlook, um, you know, the input. And, you know, that's with pharmacists, but that could be with other specialists as well. It's not, you know, just pharmacists. It's just we uh, concentrate on this because there's uh, not a national provider status um, yet. I know California is one, and we're moving towards it. But moving forward with today's RX chat, let's get to the first question, which was, do you think pharmacists are properly recognized for their day-to-day impact. And um, you kind of alluded to this already, uh, but I'll turn that question over to you again, Eric. Well, you know, what's strange is while uh, patients might not know where uh, every place, every setting where pharmacists are making a difference, uh, there actually has been some data to show that patients do recognize pharmacists as part of the healthcare team. Um, for those of you who joined us last week, you may remember that we had, uh, we're so lucky to have uh, the American Pharmacy Association tweeting with us. And uh, they brought some data showing that, strangely enough, you know, a lot of pharmacists are the ones that kind of shortchange themselves on the recognition 
Um, only a certain, you know, minority of pharmacists truly believe that every one of their patients or the majority of patients recognize pharmacists as healthcare professionals. But an overwhelming majority of patients, and I, I, I don't want to be quoted for this, but I, I know it's somewhere in the, the neighborhood of 70 to 80 percent of patients surveyed really think of pharmacists as being part of the healthcare team. Um, so there might be a disconnect there, um, and I, actually that data is uh, something that I think is very eye-opening for a lot of pharmacists. So the answer is maybe. Uh, <laughs> it seems like patients do, and maybe pharmacists need to be aware that you know patients do rely on them and need to start taking that momentum and breaking new ground. I agree, um, and um, I agree with also the, um, the sentiment that patients seem to definitely recognize, but it's internal to the healthcare system, starting with pharmacists themselves and then obviously uh, um, branching out of how a pharmacist is uh, integrated into the um, the patient care circle. Um, we had uh, some input from Mr. Andrew Davies, who is uh, our Twitter friend uh, from the U.K., and his hashtag is at H-O-S-P Chief Farm, so HOSP Chief Farm. And uh, he had uh, some feedback on question uh, one, and um, I think he kind of forwarded, which was how do others join up between sectors of pharmacy in the U.S., and do you get good communication from hospital pharmacies? And I'm not sure if you have any uh, direct experience, um, uh, Eric, but I know I do not. But uh, what, what do you think with regards to hospital pharmacy settings? Well, I think the hospital pharmacist is a really great example of where we have some bona fide experts. Uh, I think a lot of pharmacists, certainly here in the States, and I imagine probably in uh, progressive practices in the U.K. and Canada and other countries, uh, are really being brought in as specialty consults. Uh, I think uh, anyone who had some experience in a hospital knows that, you know, you have an internal medicine doctor who will reach out to a specialty physician, for example, a neurologist or a pain management physician or an oncologist in complicated cases. I'm thinking, uh, I've seen actually more and more that pharmacists in the hospital setting are being approached as essentially either pharmacokinetic or pharmacotherapeutic or even really just general medication experts to kind of crack certain cases that may be complicated in nature for pharmacists. Um, I actually want to point out we, we've had some questions come in on rxwiki.com on our Ask uh, a Pharmacist section, which kind of are exactly that. They're, you know, SIFT enzyme interactions or side effects that are medication-specific. A lot of patients just look at it and go, I don't know what's causing this. Am I getting sicker? Is this a med? Did the doctor put me on the wrong thing? Um, and I think that same interaction is probably happening in a very big way in hospitals across the country and probably even across the world. I agree. And um, before we move to question two, I just want to make a, a statement to the side just to support the education of um, of pharmacists and patients and the coming together of that. Rx Wiki, you just released your uh, new website, and it's gorgeous. It's much more easier to uh, navigate through. Um, I really appreciate the work that you guys put into it. If you're listening, take a look real quick at rxwiki.com. They've done an, an incredible job. So heads up to you and the team, Eric. Well, appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, so question number two, are there, are there any particular pharmacist stories that inspire you to make a bigger difference? I'd like to answer this one first. Uh, we have um, a Pittsburgh-based pharmacy, uh, MedFast Pharmacy, which has 16 retail uh, locations throughout western Pennsylvania. and They have a whole team dedicated to diabetes education, and um, I just applaud them. They're always going out of their way um, in ways that many 
uh, community independent pharmacies do. However, their diabetes education and the center uh, for diabetes education is just incredible. Um, constantly reaching out to their patients, uh, knowing that disease state, um, constantly letting them know that they're there for question and answers, as well as some of the uh, education sessions that they do. And, it's the, and it's, it, it, they move it around into different locations. They go to some community events, community centers. And um, just want to put my, uh, just applaud them, uh, MedFast Pharmacy out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That is very cool, and I think a lot of what we've seen in pharmacy recently, especially with some very progress, uh, progressive, excuse me, progressive practices under physician protocol or as part of governments or uh, otherwise, you know, public programs reaching out to patients that otherwise wouldn't be cared for, is really where uh, a lot of pharmacists are starting to break into the territory of really being the go-to healthcare professional. Um, I know I kind of plugged it already a little bit, but as I mentioned, I, I've had some background in specialty pharmacy myself, in home care and the home infusion sector. Um, I, I've always been extremely impressed with uh, Paragon Infusion Care up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and really across Texas overall here in my home state. Um, you know, there, again, it's, it's just an area that not only is it the pharmacist part, but even a whole part of the healthcare industry that sometimes goes unnoticed or unknown among patients. And there really is just that sort of extra degree of service that happens when you have a home infusion or home care pharmacy that runs correctly. Um, tremendously, so I think a lot of these patients want to go home from the hospital. Uh, they want to start getting home, uh, home to an environment they're used to. And uh, I think Paragon up there in uh, Dallas is a really great example of where pharmacists make that extra difference in the quality of care and the quality of life. That's excellent. Um, we had a question number three, which was, what drives you to excel? What keeps you motivated to do more for your patients? And I just want to give a shout-out to uh, RX Chat participant Anissa Garza, who's uh, a champion in, for pharmacy, pharmacy and pharmacy patients. And her answer was, I was fortunate to acquire a great amount of knowledge, which inspires me to share this information with my patients. And, um, boy, that's this it. If you can take all of the information, I made a comment last week, uh, Eric, there's so much out there in the interwebs and uh, the, the noise of the Internet. But if you don't know what you're searching for, if you don't know uh, who to go to, uh, number one, start with your pharmacist if you have some questions about medications, obviously, and it goes back to what Anissa was saying. Number three, number two, go to an information resource that is driven by pharmacists. Uh, therefore, you know you're in a good place. So that kind of like pulls everything back to uh, the whole mission of what RxWiki is out there doing as well. Well, that's, that's exactly it. It kind of cuts to the core. Uh, you know, I think in this enlightened digital age of ours, uh, a lot of people, if not most people, are really kind of getting used to, you know, using Google, using uh, Wikipedia, using other very aggregate, large, uh, broad-stroke kind of resources to answer their, their health questions. That's a good thing. That's really, you know, accessibility of information is, I think, a really big step forward for society at large and really for healthcare as well. But, you know, there's that extra aspect, the extra factor of having someone who really knows where you're getting to, able to focus what you're looking at, uh, actually be able to get an idea from their experience as to what you're asking as a patient that a pharmacist brings that really can't be replaced by, you know, a Google search or, or what have you. And I think um, that's something that's very powerful. And I think it needs to cut right down to it, you know, that it's really a matter of having proactive professionals take that extra step, be their patients for the people who need help, and be able to execute the care that they need. 
So uh, we, in keeping with the what drives you to excel and what keeps you motivated to do more for patients, you know, I'm not a pharmacist. However, I support pharmacies and pharmacy businesses. And what drives me, uh, seeing that my assistance and, and my help helps uh, community pharmacy outreach to patients, I just like knowing, especially from a technology perspective, that if you combine technology with knowledge and care and it, and it, and it goes down to the patient level, and you can see that they trust. And sometimes, as I did a show with uh, Diplomat Pharmacy in, in a specialty market, uh, there was a patient advocacy uh, show that we did, and they said, you know, how important it is that you don't lose the touch. You know, today we're on RX Chat, and but we're on also on an audio version of RX Chat, and and we're we're communicating with each other, we're sharing with each other. That is the entire. Um, meaning of all of this is, is is staying human. You know, don't allow that technology to get between you and your patient. Even though there's a lot of documentation to do, electronic records, um, you know, interfaces with uh, major health systems, we understand. Uh, but the communication, the, the the sincere communication, is so much important. Uh, which leads us to uh, question number four: What do you feel is the greatest victory pharmacy has achieved in the last ten years? Uh, I'm going to kick that over to Mr. Erico. Well, I want to kind of bring more off of what you said a moment ago about, you know, media and the use of technology and new tools, really, for pharmacists. Um, like, like I said, you know, the professional, the person in the white coat, that pharmacist, is really the part that's irreplaceable and really is the cornerstone of the care that's being uh, delivered. Um, whether it's a web tool or whether it's a mobile app or a new type of protocol or a new area of care that pharmacists are breaking into, I think you're right. We, we really can't allow that to be something that becomes a barrier. There's ways to execute and implement new tools that really kind of leverage the um, experience and expertise the pharmacists have. And again, it's completely irreplaceable. But uh, concerning victories in pharmacy, I think, you know, we're looking at something that's really changed how pharmacy and healthcare is practiced. And there's so many things that recently have occurred um, in protocols and uh, new medications and a growing uh, recognition of pharmacists as practitioners. Um, the one that jumps to mind right away, and by no means is probably the largest, I'm sure I'm missing something, uh, uh, would be, I think, the growing role of vaccination in community pharmacies. Um, you know, I think uh, 30 years ago, when they were first putting pharmacies inside of grocery stores, everyone thought that's insane. Who would want to pick up their you know, medications while they're getting their groceries? Now they're everywhere. And I think as little as maybe a decade ago, people were saying, you know, why on earth would you trust a pharmacist to give you a shot? Um, why, would you, why would you take your kids? Well, you know, all things, your kids, your very flesh and blood into a pharmacy to get their flu shot. And now we're starting to see that, you know, a lot of patients are really going to their community pharmacy for the shot and don't even think twice about it. Um, and as we know, you know, vaccination rates, the higher they are, the better the outcomes, um, obviously, over the last century. We've seen vaccinations put an end to a lot of different diseases that have really, you know, been kind of scourges of humanity. And just being able to kind of continue that tradition and being the recognized practitioner delivering that specific mode of care, uh, while it may be like a small thing as an aggregate, I think has really changed the, the world, if nothing else. And I think that's a huge victory for pharmacy. That is a huge victory. Um, we had feedback from Emory Center Pharmacy uh, on the on the tweet chat. RX chat, and they said a great RX victory in the past years is independent pharmacy preserving uh, through the rise of national chains, and they said fight Absolutely. on pharmacy. So a little plug for the independents out there. 
which uh, obviously is close to heart. And um, even though we're all part of the same, you know, industry as a whole, uh, there's the little subsections, and we definitely understand that. Um, so thank you, uh, Emory Center. We also want to give a thank you to RX Preferred Benefits, um, which is a, a transparent PBM out there, and they uh, chatted up that they're enjoying the show. So we thank you, team down in Tennessee, and we hope the storm isn't uh, isn't too intense right now down there. We know that the Atlanta area and those states are facing some uh, inclement weather right now. Um, so uh, we want to move to the next question, and then I have a follow-up question as well, which is how do you measure success in pharmacy into the future? Uh, Eric, I, this is right up your alley because I've actually heard you made comments before of the future of pharmacy and what this means to um, patient, doctor, and uh, pharmacist. Well, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, some of the plugs that we've actually had here in the last couple of minutes actually dovetails nicely into this. You know, there's so many different ways that you can measure success in any industry. And uh, I think pharmacy is no different. Um, you know, obviously we work with what we like to call patients rather than customers. But, you know, patient satisfaction, uh, patient outcomes are certainly a big piece of it. Um, recognition for the, uh, for the practitioners and the providers involved is obviously on the minds of a lot of pharmacists. And of course, there's always the question of reimbursement and recognition in a financial sense, being able to have sustainable models that use these professionals in the way that's most effective and most efficient. I think, you know, going forward, it's going to be very hard to pick any one. I think uh, in many ways, sometimes some of these metrics, picking one over another really causes you to have a trade-off that has to be worked out. Um, I point out you know, some of the folks that have called in or have been tweeting alongside us here. For example, you mentioned Rx Preferred Benefits. And I don't know if you've uh, ever looked into their model, but uh, some of the things that Jeff Malone and them are doing down there in Tennessee are really fantastic as far as being able to keep patients and their clients informed about what impact uh, a PBM or a payer is making towards the healthcare system. Um, we've got to remember that, you know, pharmacy or any particular healthcare practice isn't working in a vacuum and that, you know, being able to see in a very quantitative sense, in a very black and white, stark kind of uh, measured way of how a pharmacist is making a difference or how drugs are making a difference in patient lives um, to make sure that our healthcare system stays healthy, you know, for years and years to come, I think that's a really huge piece of it. But I want to point out that, that really, you know, the bottom line is we'll have to see. We'll have to see how we measure. I don't think we're short of measures. We just have to know which ones start to become more important or what the interplay between them may be through the years. Yes, and uh, coming back to Arx Preferred, yes, we've uh, worked with them for some time, and you mentioned Jeff Malone. He's uh, been in the pharmacy industry and technology side for some time and um, has, uh, has other uh, analytics uh, company that he had uh, um, kind of uh, evolved from. So excited to definitely work with him. And doesn't it make sense to have a PBM that um, is integrated right into community pharmacy and um, to kind of hand-in-hand hand, um, be able to uh, kind of tackle issues that uh, uh, that pharmacy businesses are facing and then, of course, um, make things easier, um, well, dovetailing earlier patient, you, uh, patient care. You mentioned how independent, you know, uh, as part of the, the tweet made earlier about independence uh, perse uh, persevering despite the rise of change, and I think that really gets to... Something that's really important, you mentioned you have different sub-industries or subsections of pharmacy, and I think it's really important that we all notice how each plays its own role. I think independent pharmacists especially are extremely innovative. They really know the communities down to a T. They 
they're willing to try new things, and anything that supports it, including our preferred benefits, I think is a very positive step for healthcare and uh, pharmacy in general. Yeah, Carinovate uh, tweeted, um, at, it was at Carinovate, which is kind of a cool name, and they said, a great leap indeed, which was a comment from uh, Ms. Beth over at RxWiki, and she said the right to be called health care providers would be a, right, a step in the right direction. And that's certainly true, and uh, we understand that uh, as, a, as an industry as a whole, we're all looking forward to that. Um, I had mentioned before California uh, State recognizes pharmacists as health care providers, and Hopefully, that's a, um, a, a soon-to-be uh, recognition uh, nationally. Wanted to um, also mention um, Professional Farm. That's at Pro Farm Rx had made a tweet for uh, answer number five, and their answer, uh, based on how do you measure success in pharmacy into the future, is increased interdisciplinary collaboration, improved patient outcomes, and decreased healthcare costs. And that all goes back to what uh, Eric was just talking about with regards to um, technology, the usage of uh, the right uh, partnering um, plan, and then, of course, uh, pharmacists being involved in the entire um, you know, patient care um, cycle. In, not, in order not to kind of fall out and the next thing you know, um, adherence falls off and the patient uh, swings right back into their condition. And that's the whole purpose of uh, working with uh, a pharmacist in, into the entire cycle of care. And um, I'm sure you've seen um, cases, Eric, where a, a, a patient has slipped back into their condition. Well, I think so. And, you know, I think a lot of the ways how healthcare is changing, um, a pharmacist has started to get more and more contact with patients in a way that's, you know, involved directly with their drug therapy, their, uh, their medication management. And, you know, I think, especially in the outpatient, uh, pharmacists are that professional that patients are going to see most commonly. They're going to be seeing them, you know, on a scheduled basis based on their refills or the MCM sessions or whatever may be the case there. And I think that uh, the more that role goes, grows, excuse me, uh, the better that patients will have a grasp on what's happening with their care. Um, just unfortunately, you know, just the way that healthcare reform is going and the number of patients that are going to be injected into the system, I know a lot of physicians are really concerned that, you know, you're going to get 30 million new Americans in the healthcare system who will be eligible for uh, you know, insurance or at least coverage of their care, and yet the number of healthcare professionals, you know, doctors, nurses, pharmacists, is going to stay static. And obviously that's going to increase the workload of everyone involved. Now, I think one area we can all agree is that pharmacists are wildly, wildly underutilized. And as that pressure grows, I think just naturally we're going to see pharmacists who have always wanted to do things that maybe people were a little bit hesitant to jump on board with are going to find a lot of new momentum, a lot of new support, uh, just as a matter of being able to take better care of new patients, and especially patients who in the past really haven't had access to care. Exactly. Sometimes the access is hard, and especially in rural areas out in the middle of nowhere, and all the patient has is their uh, community pharmacist to go to with questions. I think some of the tools that um, uh, a pharmacist uh, reaches for and would very much like is repetitive information, meaning here's your medication, uh, Mr. or Ms. Ms. Patient, and here's some additional information, and as follow-up, I'm going to email you, I'm going to text you, or I'm going to uh, give you directions of where to get some additional information. And I think those supportive tools to pharmacists is extremely important, 
because we know how busy they get. We know how busy a community pharmacy is, pharmacist is, and obviously uh, long-term care pharmacists, specialty hospital systems, information resources, good information resources that you can give to your patient uh, shows a credibility level. And I think that um, sometimes you, even your doctor, you're kind of missing that. You go to your physician and you'd like more information on something, and next thing you know, they had left because they got to get to the next patient. So um, I think we can uh, definitely set a difference in, in the pharmacy error. Sure, I completely agree. I think you, that last part you mentioned with the physician uh, not being able to have as much time with the patient, I think, you know, a lot of physicians are right now being burdened with uh, a workload that's <clears throat> starting to get to the breaking point. And, again, I think that's an area that pharmacists can jump right in. Uh, I think we've already seen it, again, with uh, medication therapy management, with diabetes care, uh, with immunization. These are all things that used to be very, very ingrained as part of the physician-only or clinic-only uh, model uh, of care. And, you know, just as a matter of, of the level of training that pharmacists have begun to adhere to, the level of experience and the slow recognition of that training and expertise, we're starting to break some ground and really start to see the, uh, the momentum go in the right direction for pharmacy. So uh, in a answer to question number five, which was how do you measure success in pharmacy into the future, we had feedback from Duquesne Pharmacy. Uh, I have to give a shout-out to them participating in today's Rx chat. They said the increased role and in responsibilities of pharmacists, not just providers of medication. Boy, that, that's the nail on the head of all of this. Um, you know, your, your pharmacist is a provider. that They're, they're medication specialists. And that's more than just being providers of the medication. That's the entire education, just as like you'd go to a skin specialist or foot or or hand or whatever. This, this is medication specialists that know exactly how this medication can interact with you and, and affect you, and uh, relying on that is all part of, uh, of better health care. Absolutely. And I think that, again, cuts to the core of what pharmacies try to accomplish. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that I said that it's going to be hard to pick any one metric. Um, obviously, I think that ultimately that's, that's kind of the goal, to be able to let pharmacists take better care of their patients, whether that's, you know, giving them the right practice in certain ways or giving them the tools to build models, again, to support what they can and uh, can do for uh, patients and for other healthcare professionals. Um, success, I think we all know the, the end goal, that we're living a healthier life in a healthier society, and that people can really be more aware and informed about their care uh, without really having to worry too much about what comes next in my medication therapy, without worrying about what happens next, uh, if I have to change drugs, uh, or having to have that extra burden that involves in people who are really kind of need that extra help. Also want to mention the fact that uh, there's a gentleman out there who tweets, and he's a, a blogger. He's a pharmacy informatics expert. I'm not sure if you know of him. We probably do, Mr. Jerry Farney. Um, he made a comment about two years ago um, that said uh, pharmacy and pharmacists don't have a big enough presence in social media. And I just see a huge difference today with the assistance of people and organizations like RxWiki the NCPA, um, you know, we pharmacy, pharmacists over in the U.K., how it's a completely different world in social media. If you go to the Twitter, um, any Twitter page, and you put in the search and you put in uh, hashtag pharmacy, hashtag pharmacist, uh, hashtag RxChat, uh, plug, plug, um, you, get to, you get to see that pharmacists are now prevalent. 
we're out there, we're, they're talking about the industry, they're, they're represented in social media. So I'm very excited about that. Absolutely. And we, we can't point to a better example than what we've seen here at RxChat. Uh, Todd, as you know, the first one, which we had a couple months ago, really kind of a short time frame here, only had about a handful of, of participants. And I think some of our more recent ones, including last week, are starting to break impression counts of nearly 2 million um, with hundreds, you know, hundreds uh, of, of uh, participants, hundreds and hundreds of tweets. Um, I think the, uh, the, the tweet is right, you know, the comment is right, that pharmacists need to adopt new technology, new media, need to have that conversation out there and where they already are. Exactly. Um, I couldn't agree more. want to let everyone know listening, we're going to do this uh, every Wednesday at 1 p.m., which is uh, in parallel with the Rx chat that starts at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can tune in to um, the pharmacy podcast Rx chat, which is sponsored by Rx Wiki in the pharmacy podcast. Ask you also to please go out and look at the Rx Wiki site. It's a brand new site. They got uh, new resources there. Um, go out to rxwiki.com and take a look at that. And Eric, I want to thank you so much for being a part of this again and for being my co-host. It's a lot of fun talking with you. And actually, I learned something when I'm talking with you, too. <laughs> well, uh, I think if there's anything to be said there, pharmacists are here to educate, and we hope to educate each other sometimes too long. I've learned a ton as well from Pharmacy Podcast and the large chat. Um, great. Hope to see you next week. Well, very, very good. We thank you so much for um, listening to today's podcast and being part of the RX chat. Um, please uh, be a part of it. And, and if you know of other pharmacists, send them out an email or send them out a tweet. Let them know that uh, this is available for them to participate in. And we thank you for listening to the Pharmacy Podcast. <laughs>